Sports presents the Pick 6 Podcast, featuring CBS NFL writers Pete Prisco and Will Brinson, NFL insider Jason Lockenfora, and host Nick Costos. You want NFL talk? We've got NFL talk. From training camp to the Super Bowl and through the NFL draft, our fearsome foursome has you covered. This is the Pick 6 Podcast. Welcome to the Friday edition Pick 6 Podcast. Will Brinson, Jason Lockenfora on with me now. Nick and Pete Nicostas. Pete Prisco will be on later to do some picking of the games and give you our best bets. We will also talk to the coach, Bill Cower, former Steelers My man. Coach. Yeah, your boy, Jason. Uh, NFL Today. Make sure you tune in. To the NFL today, it'll, it'll, by the way, we should probably do this every week when we talk to Jason, but you can watch Jason and Coach Bill Cower on the NFL today every week at noon Eastern. It is the best pregame show going. I gotta say, Jason. In the history I, of the world. Wouldn't you say it's the best pregame show in the history of the world, Will? I, I would actually say that this year, this edition of the NFL today is the best. Yeah. The best of the world. Actually, I, 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 I talked about this with, um, Boomer. On the on the podcast a few weeks ago, but it it really does feel like with like Phil uh, Phil Sims and Nate Burleson added to the the desk this year, it feels yes. like there's this very like naturally natural chemistry vibe going on with the with the whole crew. It, am, I, yeah. am I wrong? No, it's it's a great group. Everybody's totally invested, and there's like you can just see, um, you know, even though there's a couple, you know, Phil, Phil and Nate, it's their, their first year with the guys. Uh, even you can tell in the summer, like during some rehearsals and photo shoots and stuff like that, that everybody was clicking and everybody's fully invested in football 24 7 365 and that you, you knew it was going to lead to some 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 fun moments and and some great content on set and everybody um i think i can speak for anybody associated with the show to say we're incredibly proud um of the product we've, we've put on um this season so yeah a lot of excitement and uh excited to see the boys again in a few days up in up in nyc yeah, what a huge egg by us all season long. I think the only time we plug your pregame show is when, uh, when we have like another guest from the show on there. Because, uh, yeah, should... I mean, I, I look, I mean, blinking, you miss me. I mean, I, I, I get my 60 seconds and I love it and I'm honored to do it. But, you know, the other 25 or 20, whatever, how many, when I take the commercials out, the other whatever, 42 minutes we're on the air. Um, yeah, people, you know. Um, in to see the big guys. What's the uh, what's the schedule for? Are there any um, alternate dates going up? Like there's uh, there's no is the Bears Lions is on we, Fox. The, the crazy right? thing about that is we find out about the playoffs when everybody else does. So no, no, no I'm talking, about, I'm talking announce- about New Year's. New Year, I guess it's just like New Year's Eve. You'll do it, and then Christmas Eve you'll do it. Christmas Eve we have the NFL today, and we've got um, a full slate of games that day. And then New Year's uh, Eve, yeah. And then I guess I mean I guess New Year's Eve is the next one. New Year's yeah, Eve is all the yeah the, every single game is on New Year's Eve. There's no New Year's. Yeah, New Year's right. Games. That's I think New Year's Eve is the last week of the season, and that means Fox and CBS both have doubleheaders. Um, yep. And then uh, our playoff schedule, we'll find out, uh, you know, at halftime of uh, of the Sunday night game, or sometimes it's even maybe after the Sunday night game when the league releases the playoff schedule, and then we'll find out, you know, which which playoff. You know what the playoff dates and times are, and how did um, we even get? How did, how's even, how do we even get this far? It's crazy. Um, once you hit Thanksgiving, it, it flies, man. That's always been my experience. Once you get to Thanksgiving week, it's like yeah, the final true. playoff run just happens in a blur, and, then and all of a sudden, you you before just... we before we go any further, too, I just need to issue a mea culpa from my okay. pick last week. Um, 
That was hot it garbage. Was not, I mean, it was I not, could not have had I could not have had a worse read on that game if I tried. It was never even close. Like five minutes in, I was like, eh, I lost a lot of people some money today. Yep. Yeah. I mean, like it, the, it was it, not Tom Brady's day. It if was you not had doing the Pats okay in a day. teaser, a parlay. I mean, like you you could have gone three team ten point teaser with the Pats, and guess what? You still lost because they were eleven point favorites. Um, you could have. Gone fourteen teaser, twelve points. Still would have lost that too. Didn't matter. Patriots are a loser. That's okay. You're uh, you're now five and two on the season. Yeah. yeah but more yeah. importantly, we've got a new sponsor for yes. the Jason Locker for Scandinavian Death Metal Lock of the Week. Who is it? We our buddies at, at Metal Blade Record. Thanks to founder, CEO, and buddy of mine, Brian Slagle. He he tuned in last week. He loved our sales pitch. His salespeople talked to our salespeople, and here we go. We got Metal Blade Records sponsoring my pick for the final month of the season here, and now I really have to step my game up. Um, I guess it's good that I got that stinker out of the way before. Like, they were on board, but, like, not outwardly on board. You know what I mean? We hadn't, like, actually formally presented them as a sponsor yet when I when I made that horrendous pick last week. So big shout-out to everybody there. Uh, if, if you're into music at all, not just metal music. It's a great label. Not every band on that label is, you know, super hard. Um, you know, there's a band Mother Feather. If you're into, like, sort of alternative, if you were into PJ Harvey at all, um, even the B-52s, I saw them open up for the B-52s on Halloween a few years ago with Brian. And they put on an amazing show, an amazing band. I mean, they have elements of hard rock, but anything but a metal band. Anyway, it's a tremendous label. Um Brian knows everybody in the music business, and you definitely want to check them out. In fact, Will, with the holiday season here, Will, with the holiday season here, head over to Metal Blade Records' web store for an array of sweatpants, hoodies, long sleeve shirts from your favorite heavy metal artist. And you know what? Just go ahead and get a Metal Blade t-shirt as well, because they kick ass, and I have several of those in my repertoire. And definitely check out the book that Brian wrote, for the Sake of Heaviness, The History of Metal Blade Records. It's available as an exclusive bundle, perfect for any collector and music fan. Get your holiday shopping done now at MetalBladeStore.com. The book is awesome. It, it details bands that he has signed in the past and worked with, like Slayer. It details him knowing the guys in Metallica since they were like teenagers playing in a garage, but maybe not working with them in hindsight as much as he would have liked, although he's still super tight with Lars and everybody there. Um, and Brian promised me one day he'll get me backstage to see Metallica. So I'm going to yes. hold him to that. So definitely check out everything over there at MetalBlade.com and tell them we sent you. And that brings us to the pick, Will. And I got to tell you, caveat here, I hated this slate of games. I really struggled with this one. Usually the lock of the week, I see the line, I think about it a little bit, and then I just start seeing the devil horns, and I start seeing images of Ronnie James Dio. And you know what I mean? I start hearing Sabbath in my head, and then it gets more cranked up, and, and, and I just start screaming. You know, It just pours out of me. Not quite this kind of a week for me. Um, should I tease it? Should I tease it? I'm gonna because I, I, I could go a couple different ways here. Well, the tease I, I or not the tease? I don't know Will. what you're teasing. <laughs> I, I'm not asking. I'm not asking. I'm not asking to influence the pitch. I just mean conceptually. Do you think a teaser is more death metal than just a straight up pick? I think that no. I do. I do. I do not. I do not think it is. I think that. Um, I do think there is an opportunity for a teaser out there, but I think what the teaser you're looking at um, might actually just be there to win on its own. 
Right. That's the metal move right. is to say, you know what? I don't need a teaser. Right. Go full cannibal right. corpse. I am going to go full, full cannibal corpse. I'm going to go full guar. I'm about to pull my pancreas out, <laughs> out of my, out of my stomach with my bare hand. Will Brinson and America, I. <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo and the reborn San Francisco football 49ers at home, lane two to the woeful, inept Tennessee Titans with a walking wounded quarterback with a negative scoring differential, two straight on the road, two straight West Coast. They were practicing at ASU all week. I don't care how many times Herm Edwards told them, you play to win the game. They are going to lose this game. They may lose this game big. Garoppolo has given new life to that franchise. Look out for Goodwin. He's going to be trouble in the it, running rampant all over downfield. Big play element. He's unlocked their tight ends. They're running the ball better now because you have to respect the pass. And that defense the last three or four weeks has been damn good. They finally get some home cooking. Jimmy G did the job two weeks in a row on the road. He's coming home. I love He's it. Going. The um, I, I actually like the 49ers a lot this week too. It's it's almost like it's almost a little. Is it is it too obvious or? Except I don't think there's a ton of money on the 49ers. Like like the public isn't jumping all over the 49ers that I can tell. Uh, I thought they kind of would be, but I think they look at the records and they're like, "What? Like, what's happening here? The Titans are I think they're undervalued. If you watch them closely, and I've been watching Garoppolo, so then watching them, and, I, and my, my second, my runner-up last week, the game I almost went with was San Francisco, Houston. And they, I went with the New England thing instead. If I was going to tease it, I was dabbling with teasing it with Atlanta, Tampa, and getting San Francisco plus four and Atlanta even because mm. I like the Falcons there. Yeah, I do too. Um, as much um, as I hate Pete Frisco, uh, I don't hate Pete. I love Pete. But by the way, I should point out before I forget that if you go to metalbladestore.com uh, and go check out their their sale, Blood of Blood of Gods by by Guar, fifty percent off right now. That's a pretty good deal. Seven ninety. Really? Yeah, that's a good deal. Dude, I was, what I was what, who, what the, screams Christmas more than Guar? Uh, really, nobody. I mean, if you don't if you yeah. don't own Guar's Christmas album. Blood of Gods. Yeah, then what are you lost. doing? Uh, but uh, looking at the numbers here on that, um, where is it? Sixty uh, percent uh, of the money's on on San Francisco, or sixty percent of the bets are on San Francisco. But that's not an outrageous number. Uh, Mariota is banged up. I don't think the Titans are very good. I just don't. I mean, and they're a bad football team. They're super lucky to be where they are, and and yeah. that's that's their reality. And they may not win another game. And I've been well, down, and maybe this, I've been down on them forever. I've been waiting for this. I've been waiting for them to hit some adversity and to stop beating teams like Cleveland with five field goals and to have to big boy up in December. And I just don't see it. The, the exotic Smash Mouth, they're not, they're not, dude, they're not even the best rushing team in their division. Jacksonville runs the ball way more effectively than they do. And I don't think San Francisco is going to, that defense, I don't think is going to get beat on the ground. Yeah. And, um, the interesting thing about the Titans game too is how much it affects the Chargers. The Chargers need the Titans to go zero and three down the stretch, and then they still have an opportunity if they lose on Saturday night to the Chiefs to win the to get into the playoffs. Um, 
if the Titans don't go zero and three, it's a little bit tougher for the for the Chargers to get in. So that's a big game. Not only, I mean, look, like t- I mean, Tennessee, Tennessee was sitting at eight and four, four, yeah, or maybe it was even eight and three, and they were maybe they were they were they, they, were, they were a lock to get into the playoffs, right? I mean, like it was like you looked at their schedule, you're like, there's no way they're not getting into the playoffs. Um, they might not get into the playoffs. I don't, I don't want them to be in the playoffs because they're not a good team. They have a negative. Okay, here's a stat. Negative twenty one point. If the playoffs started today, if the playoffs started today, they would be in the playoffs. The other five teams in the AFC, their average scoring margin, their average differential is plus eighty seven. The Titans are minus twenty one. One of these things is not like the other. Yeah. So. I mean, and that's not the end-all and be-all, but what are their true discernible strengths? You know what I mean? Sometimes the secondary looks good when, you know, Dory Jackson's playing out of his mind, and sometimes it's just a bunch of guys, you know? Um, the pass rush isn't special. The, the the run game is good, but not nearly good enough to over, you know, to sort of affect what is one of the worst passing games in the league. I mean, it, and, and you've got the Delaney Walker revenge factor, and he's a stallion. But dude, he's getting the crap beat out of him. Like he yeah. he's he's hobbled in every single game, and really their passing game amounts to two big plays to Delaney Walker and a bunch of field goals. Well, look at their last five games. Okay, they beat the Bengals, who stink by four. They get blasted by the Steelers, forty to seventeen, in a game that wasn't really even that close, to be honest. Um, they beat the Colts twenty to sixteen. The Colts are terrible. They beat the Titans. They, the they were dominated for three quarters of that game by the Texans. Yeah, or by the Colts. By the Colts, and then the Texans yeah. grossly outplayed them, had a chance to win it late, and there was an interception. But like, well, and then and then Demarco, they, I mean, they uh, had to win. Tom Savage was having a day. I'll put it at that. I'll yeah. put it and that then, way. Tom Derek, Savage Derek, was tearing them up. And then Derrick Henry broke off that long run in the um, in the like yeah, the meaningless run to win by eleven. Yeah. And then they lose to the Cardinals by five. This team stinks. They might. I mean, they should lose out. They should lose this game. They were eight and four when they beat the Texans. They're now eight and five. They could easily finish eight and eight. If that happens, by the way, Mike Malarkey out. I mean, does the owner want? I mean, is, is is ownership there ready to play big boy football? They're ready to go and pay pay big money to get a, a real coach. I mean, that's going to be. Are they willing to step up? I mean, Malarkey was kept around. This whole conven- this convenient stuff doesn't work. I mean, it's not working in Tampa with Dirk Cutter. Oh, well, he worked with the kid for a year, and he had an okay rookie year, so he should be our head coach. It's not how you run a football operation. Right. right. I mean, it's if a, the it's player's a, good, yeah. you, he, he, like, it's not about a whole different scheme or whatever. You, you could get someone better. I mean, they could have had people like Josh McDaniels interested in that job then, but yeah. it was an inside job. It was where oh, Malarkey wasn't horrible the last three weeks, and Marcus Mariota didn't get any more killed than he was getting killed on the Wizard Hunt. So let's just hire Malarkey on the cheek and keep it going. Well, yeah. okay. We'll see where that gets you. Yeah, exactly. And then, like, last year, you know, they got, like, the offense was interesting. It, it reminds me a lot of the 2015 Panthers. Like, oh, man, like, Mike Shula is kind of locked in and, and calling a nice, you know, nice year. And then it just regresses to the mean. It's an outlier, Here's right? Here's the like, problem for them. You, you you haven't gotten this, like, stellar staff that's going to develop Marcus Mariota as a as a a pure pocket passer. He's regressing and he's getting hurt. It has to happen. He's not built like Cam Newton. With, with Cam Newton, when you get in a bind and you, you don't you have one offensive touchdown and four of your first six games, then you just say we're going to run the hell out of our ox, right? We're going to play a little more rugby with him and let him play like a linebacker, and that'll stabilize us, and that'll open things up in the passing game, and that'll get us going. Marcus Mariota can't do that. Marcus Mariota's never healthy. He's not built anything like Cam Newton, and he's already had multiple – 
ligament injuries and, and lower body injuries all the time. So you're, you're getting yourself in a whammy because he's getting more and more like damaged goods and diminished and more and more beat up. And at the same time, he's not evolving within the confines of a traditional offense and your passing game is actually looking worse. So, you know, that to me is a problem. Unless you have Jacksonville's defense or, you know, unless you have Baltimore's kicking game or something like that where you really are going to be able to win 15-14 all the time, not just against the Cleveland Browns in overtime, but against real teams, you got a problem to me. And those flaws, I've been thinking, will be further exposed as we move along into the season and as they get into a little bit of tight sphincter time, thinking, wait a minute, we, we, you know, we still got to win a bunch of games here to get in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, it's a, um, it's a mess. All right, Titans stink. Let's take the 49ers. I, I want to put them as one of my best bets, I think, this week. I think I had them locked in anyway. Uh, Jimmy G is the who do you Who do you love? Who do you love this week? I think I'm going to take the Chargers. Like, which game a do you love the most? I'm biased, but I like the Chargers. The, the five that I'm sort of targeting right now, and I'll reveal these in full to Pete and Nick. And sometimes, like, if Pete and Nick are both on a game, I like to back away from it because if we're all Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Um, yeah. So I'll back away like mid-podcast. I don't even care. Um, I'm thinking Lions, Chargers, Panthers, Vikings, 49ers. Lions are minus five and a half gotcha. hosting the Bears. Chargers are pick them at the Chiefs. That's just, I mean, I just think there's more motivation for the Chargers there. And they're a better yeah. team. Um, Panthers minus three. A little bit of value. Aaron Rodgers is scary, but he right. is coming back from an injury. Um Vikings minus ten and a half is a lot, but the Bengals are have given up, and then the Forty ers as you explained. Yeah, if that was that, I really like the Vikings too. It's just that that um, you know needing to do it by eleven just is a lot, man. It's a lot, yeah. You know, it's just because I could see them up by seventeen. You know what I mean? Late and nothing yeah. to play for, but like Andy Dalton chasing that touchdown. You know, because right, you're like, to, like Xavier, Xavier somewhere Rose. else next year, right? Yeah, like That's Xavier what Rose. They get Xavier Rhodes off the field and like Andy Dalton right. hits. Right, and now AJ it's AJ Green. and they take they take that cheapy seventy five yard bomb and now you know what I mean. Yeah, your team, the team you you had the right read on the game and you were all over it and they they could have won by twenty five but they end up winning by ten on that garbage. What about a three team teaser? Vikings, Jaguars, Saints. So you would tease the Vikings down to basically half a point, Jaguars down to half a point, Saints down to five and a half. I mean, the Saints are going to blast the So Jets. you get you get 10 points to play around with in a teaser? If a three-team teaser. Two-team, you get six. Right, three. Uh, in a three-team teaser, I would I would be on the Vikings. I would be on San Francisco. Mm. Making plus eight. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Tennessee's not yeah, blowing anybody then, out. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I would be on those two for sure. And then I'd be torn between – Something about that Jets. Some of these games where you know nothing, like there's like also four games this week where like some dude's playing quarterback who has no business playing quarterback. Like, you know Bryce, I mean? like Petty, Bryce, Bryce Petty, Petty's not scoring. He's not scoring 21 points on the Saints. I don't think so either. But I, you just who the hell? I don't know. I mean, part of me is also like who the hell? Does, one of those quarterbacks is going to do a whole lot more than we think. I I just can't tell you which, one, <laughs> but one of them won't be an abject failure. Which one? Like in the, in New York or like? Just one of the random quarterbacks out there, like like TJ no, Yates. Yeah, right. Like that. Like who knows? You know what I mean? Like I, I don't think he'll be very good, but he may. You know what I mean? He may connect with Hopkins like 
You know what I mean? They might, like Antonio Brown on Monday night. Like that just might happen. You know what I mean? Like he might. Like there was one week where Brian Horry threw the ball twenty-five times to Josh Gordon and they won the game. You know what I mean? And beat a pretty good Falcons team. Like yeah. I think that's why those games scare me because I just feel like one of them is going to do way more than we think, and I, I don't necessarily know which one, and I don't necessarily think it's price petty. But yeah, I mean, you could talk me into that being the third one. That would be that would be New Orleans, uh, New Orleans minus six. Well, I mean, but the Saints. I mean, look, the Saints could be up twenty-eight to thirteen, or they could win the game twenty-eight to thirteen, and it could have been up twenty-eight nothing, and the Jets get um, you know a touchdown and a right. two field goal, or they're up twenty-eight to six, and then the Jets get a late touchdown, and all of a sudden you don't cover the fifteen and a half. Uh, right. Or I mean, I don't see the Saints winning twenty-one. Or twenty to fourteen, like I don't. That just doesn't seem likely. But even that would cover the right. five and a half if you did the teaser. Anyway, um, right. I've now revealed my yeah, best bets. That ahead would of probably the be my. I, I, I could get in on that. You, you, you would convince me on a three, a three team. I could get in on that. Yeah. Um, all right, Jason Lock and Ford. Yeah. Thanks for the Metal Blade Records Death <laughs> Scandinavian Death Scandinavian, Metal Lock yeah. of the Week. Yeah, I love it. This is uh, thanks to Metal Blade again. Check out Metal Blade Store dot com for your holiday shopping for the music fan in your life and uh we'll be back on sunday to break down the the action thanks buddy hey have a good one dude see ya all right joining us now on the pick six podcast coach bill cower coach how you doing doing great will thanks for uh game this week we have big game big game this week new england pittsburgh we do this is uh this is what we the NFL on CBS and, and the people who sign our paychecks love to see. And we love to see as football fans. I mean, to be perfectly honest, you can't, I don't, I don't know that you could with, with New England losing on Monday night to the Dolphins in very surprising fashion, um, with the Steelers having this incredible win against the, the Ravens on the Sunday night before. I don't think you could ask for any more drama leading up to this game, right? Yeah, I mean, I think for both those teams, Gurkha were coming off divisional opponents who they have historically, <laughs> you know, you can throw the records out the window because I think the Dolphins with New England, the, the Ravens with the Steelers, those games uh, really are, are games which they know they, they know each other. There's a great history there. So, you know, um, those games really didn't surprise you. But I think for both these teams, what's at stake this week um, is, is pretty much uh, they – Good chance they're going to see each other in the playoffs, and the winner of uh, this game on uh, on Sunday could determine where that game gets played. Do you think what, what's what's harder to beat the Patriots twice or to beat the Patriots in the playoffs in New England? Because that's sort of what the the juxtaposition of what Pittsburgh faces, win or lose on Sunday. Yeah, I mean there there there's a there is a history. There's a there's a history with uh, in regards to. Uh, you know, the, the the Steelers and New England and falling short with that. I know that that's kind of been there, as Coach Tomlin talked about even weeks ago. But, you know, at the same time, I think it's you have to trust the process of where they are. Uh, we've, we've seen how these things can change over the course of weeks. Um, you know, uh, injuries play a big part of it, how healthy you are. And, you know, I think for there's a familiarity that's there also with New England and Pittsburgh. They played each other a year ago. Um, a lot of the same people are there um, at the same time. There are some new faces there as well, I think, on both teams. So, um, you know, I think the biggest is in this game, as it always has with these two teams, it, it really does come down to 
you know, just the key elements of every game, uh, the, the ability to protect the football, not turn it over, which New England did not do a year ago in that championship game. Pittsburgh did twice. Um, you know, the big situational football, I always think is huge with these two teams, the ability to convert third downs, obviously a big bugaboo right there for uh, New England against Miami the other night, not even converting a third down. And then, you know, the ability to finish drives and, um, you know, in the red zone and not, not have to settle for field goals. And so these are two offenses that, uh, that can put up big numbers. Um, and, you know, again, at least from Tom Brady's standpoint, he gets Gronkowski back this week. Um, Pittsburgh is very healthy offensively going into this game. Um, and both these defenses, you know, they're struggling with some, some key players being out. So, um, it'll be interesting to see um, how this unfolds, but I think it's still going to come down to <laughs> Tom Brady versus Ben Roethlisberger. You know, who can make the plays and who can be patient enough within their offenses um, to still make sure they don't get frustrated or try to force the issue. You know Ben Roethlisberger as well as anybody um, drafting him in, in 04 and, and winning a lot of games with him. Is he Sort of getting underrated in terms of his ability. Look, Tom, we talk about Tom Brady rising up in the biggest moments and doing all this stuff. It feels like Ben, because of the offseason retirement talk and had that one bad game against the Jaguars, feels like he's being a little underrated. He, he's been playing really well the last few games, 500 yards against the Ravens. Um, has sort of elevated his game as it goes on. It, this is the sort of spot he loves to be in, right? Oh, he loves this. I mean, Ben is... You know, I, I, you almost feel like when you see him talking about the whole Ryan, Ryan Shazier, um, so unfortunate yeah. uh, injury. But it's almost like with this offense, I, 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 I said this before, I, I, the defense probably got them to this point where they are, you know, with these uh, 11 wins. Uh, it's almost like I feel Ben saying, you know what, you can hand off the baton, Ryan, because mm-hmm. we're going to bring this thing home on the offensive side of the ball. And I, I, I say that from the standpoint as we were waiting for this breakout game with this offense, it's almost like this kind of like, you know what, you see the, the, the sense of purpose that that whole football team has, not just, you know, defensively and trying to make up for a great player, but even on the offensive side of the ball, his influence that he's had with those guys. So um, it's a very focused team. Um, you know, I know they've won eight in a row, and it's hard to sustain that uh, in the National Football League. But, boy, I'll tell you, they, I think the inspiration that he has provided for them and, you know, in the sense of, of purpose that they have right now to try to finish this thing, it'll be interesting to see how this unfolds. Again, this is uh, a Pittsburgh team that, you know, uh, I know they put up a lot of points, but you look at their last three wins, three points, three points, one point. Um, so they are very comfortable in close games, and you're going against one of the best closing teams in football, that being the New England Patriots. Um, if you were the coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers right now, and you were planning a defensive, or if you were planning an offensive attack, what would you be expecting Bill Belichick to do from a defensive standpoint? Because you know the the phrase "take away the best weapon" gets thrown around a lot, but it is something that that the Patriots are very capable of doing. Would you allow them to take away Antonio Brown and try to to win the game with Juju Smith Schuster, Le'Veon Bell, and, and Martavis Bryant, or do you focus? What's the what's the game plan? What's the chess match on, on that side of the ball from the Pittsburgh perspective? Well, I mean, I think they go back to like I said, there's a familiarity that that's there, and you go back to the championship game, and you know you go back, and I'm sure that's a game that both these teams are looking at and watching because you're looking at you know, uh, philosophical approaches that they took, game plans that they each took, and and how they kind of unfolded. And so, 
you know, yeah, times Bill's going, you know, Malcolm Butler, he shadowed Antonio Brown a year ago, but they got also now got Stephon Gilmore. Uh, he had Sammy Coates um, opposite AB and Antonio Brown had Sammy Coates yeah. opposite him last year. This year he's got more Tavis Bryant and he's got Juju Smith Schuster yeah. comes back this week in the slide as opposed to Eli Rogers. So there's a lot more weapons. Remember that last game, uh, Le'Veon Bell got hurt in the first quarter. Um, they lost him in that game. So there's, there's, you know, again, like I said, I mean, it, 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 it's, I think what you have to do, and I said this before, I think you have to kind of let this unfold. And one thing with Ben, you saw that the other day. I mean, he started getting some blitzes in the second half of that game against the Ravens. He was able to see things. He was able to get the protections where they needed to be, and he knew exactly where to go with the ball. So disguise will be a big part with both these teams. Tom Brady is very, very good if you give him pre-snap information. He knows exactly where to go with the football. So these are two veteran quarterbacks. Um, again, the ability to be patient, not try to force the ball. Ben has a lot more weapons right now. It doesn't mean he won't – you know, he's going to – Listen, Antonio Brown, even when he's doubled, sometimes is open. So, I mean, he's, he's, that, he's that good of a receiver. Um, so, it, uh, uh, you know, you can't – you don't want to force it, but at the same time, you don't want to get away from what you do best. And these are – it's a big game for both these teams. I think, you know, again, let this game unfold. Let this – you know, get, get in the feel for where you are. I think the one thing you feel like with going against New England – is you want to get through that first quarter and you, then you want to kind of gain some information. You want to see what the approach is going to be. Is Bill, is Tom going to go no huddle? Are they going to come out with a fullback in the backfield, try to run the football? Um, you know, so all those things you got to be prepared for. Um, it'd be ready to adjust. I always said playing against New England and Bill is just understand we're going to be on the sideline talking a lot because there may be some things we have not seen before that we, that we didn't prepare for. But that's part of the that's part of the process going in. That's part of the understanding going into this game. So don't get frustrated. Um, don't overreact. Just be ready to respond and adjust. Interesting. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. And by the way, four and three in the regular season against New England. Very nice record um, for you as a head coach. I, I'd be curious too, like strategically from the standpoint of Pittsburgh's defense, because the, I think the thing that stood out to me most after Ryan Shazier went down against the Bengals is that. Gio Bernard ran really well against him. Um, Alex Collins ran really well against him. Buck Allen had some mm-hmm. success too. And it just felt like you can see that as much as Shazier is inspiring these guys emotionally, you can see a, a clear void in that Steelers defense. Do, do you think that that's something that, I mean, could we, you said you might see something new. I mean, is it, is this the game where Mike Gillisley is active for the first time in a month and Bill Belichick lines up in the eye 30 times in the first half? You are spot on because you never know what Bill's <laughs> going to do. I mean, and you know, and, and even from the other standpoint, you know, Kyle Van Noy did not play last week. They've yeah. had some injuries, and their scores is out. So, you, know, you have, you know, two coaches that, um, you know, they they they're are do they have do they have some masking to do of some deficiencies that they have? Yeah, but are there two better coaches who understand? Number one is. We know what our strengths are, but we also recognize where we have to make sure that we have to get better at. And then how do we do it with what we have personnel-wise? Because this is who we are. So now what you have to do is do things schematically to try to mask those deficiencies. And I think both these guys are very good at understanding that. So, again, it's, 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 it, you are, you, this is your team. This is who you have. And I think the biggest thing is that what you have to do is be resourceful and be able to adapt, adjust, and then and just keep responding and lean on your strengths. And I think that's the one thing you want to do is make sure you don't deviate away from what you do strong. And I think what Pittsburgh did the other night was says, you know what, 
We can run it, but we need to get. We need to open this thing up. Let our quarterback play. I don't care if it's defense, how good Baltimore was. Um, this is what we want to do right now. This is what we want to do best. And they're getting a lot of weapons back. And again, the bottom line will get down to being patient as a quarterback. If we're going to put the ball in your hands. You're going to have to convert some third downs, and you're going to have to be careful with the football and try to finish drives. And I think both these quarterbacks uh, are very good at that, and it's going to be a great shootout, I think, uh, on Sunday. Yeah, and, you know, we saw I think we saw a lot against the Ravens, too. They were perfectly willing to – the Steelers were to put Le'Veon Bell on the outside. I mean, he looks, he looks like yeah. a freaking wide receiver when he's out there, too. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I, he, he really is. He's a weapon in the backfield and outside. And then, like I said, when you start talking about getting all the weapons they have back and – and listen, the biggest thing is your offensive line is healthy. And I think that's the good thing that you're seeing right now with both these teams is they've got, you know, they're, 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 they're playing with healthy offensive lines. And, uh, and that always makes for a very intriguing matchup off, you know, from an offensive standpoint. For sure. Um, I want to touch really quickly on some AFC, uh, other AFC action. The Chiefs and the Chargers playing on Saturday night in similar to the Steelers and, and the Patriots, you know, both the Steelers and the Patriots are going to make the playoffs. Uh, home field advantage is so huge for those teams, but for the Chiefs and the Chargers, this is sort of a de facto division title game. Um, the Chargers have a very small window to make the playoffs. If they lose in Kansas City, start 0-4. Uh, how do you slot the Chargers and the Chiefs in the AFC hierarchy? Because one team 5-0 to start, and now 7-6, and the other 0-4, and, and also with the same record. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just, I mean, if you look at the Chargers and the early season losses they had, whether it be a missed field goal here, a missed kick here, if you really look at their record and break it down, has there been a more, I don't don't think there has been a more consistent team throughout the National Football League, particularly in the AFC. Um, They're playing, I mean, uh, Philip Rivers is playing very good on uh, football. I mean, he's got so many weapons. Keenan Allen has come back from an injury. Uh, you know, you've got Gordon and Echelaer, uh, the great one-two combination. And Philip always had Spools. He had Danny Woodhead. Now he's got you know, uh, Echelaer. And and so it just you see an offense that's got a lot of weapons. A quarterback who I think is you know the only thing short of his resume is a Super Bowl appearance and win. Uh, but he's been one of the top quarterbacks in the league since he's come into it with those three guys, him, Eli, and Ben. Um, but and then you look at a defense that, quite frankly, this. They they've got they played very well. You're talking about two of the best edge rushers in the, in the league, and Joey Bosa and and uh, Melvin Gordon, and then Casey Hayward. I think on the outside uh, has played a Pro Bowl year. Um, and I think if you look at you know from the standpoint of Kansas City, that fast start, a big win and the necessary win last week. But you just have to wonder, you know, um, defensively, you know, can they sustain this against a really really good Sandy, uh, LA team? So. Um, it's a big game, and, and certainly I think when you look at it, uh, uh, this the, the team that wins this game I think is going to be pretty much a favorite to win the uh, AFC West. And, again, we know the weapons that Kansas City has, but I tell you, I think a team under the radar right now are the L.A. Chargers. I think when you look at them, it's, it's hard to find a weakness. If you look at one weakness, it might be kicker. <laughs> and, uh, but it's not the offense or the defense and because uh, the kickers really cost them some games. So, you know, I think when it comes down to it, you've got a quarterback who's who's red hot, who's got great experience, a defense that's been very consistent all year long, running game, passing game. Um, and uh, so the, the, it should be a very intriguing game. Uh, I think Chargers are a team nobody wants to play. Yeah, no doubt about it. When um, we'll get we'll get you out of here on this, but you look at this MVP race, and Brady was Brady from week two to week eleven. He threw twenty two touchdown passes and two interceptions. I think completed seventy 
one percent on that, seventy one percent of his ball passes and and average like three twenty nine a game or something passing yards. Unbelievable right. stats. And he the last three games interestingly has been on the, the, the injury report with an Achilles um injury. Just maybe coincidence, maybe not, but has sort of stumbled a little bit. Do you think that it, this is the MVP race is open enough where a guy like Philip Rivers could jump into the fray, or is this even a year where Antonio Brown could become the first wide receiver to ever win an MVP? Well, I think you have to you have to look at I, there's the two people you have to look at along with Tom Brady, certainly because his numbers are what they are, and, and, and I agree with you. But Antonio Brown, I mean, his numbers, you, you know, you're talking about a guy who you go and do it every game, say, okay, we're going to take away Antonio Brown because he's the number one receiver in the National Football League. And every game he comes out there, he's over 100, catch, 100 yards catching. He's made some unbelievable catches in the last minute of these games. But I'm going to tell you there's another guy to me that you have to really seriously consider when you look at his numbers, and that's Russell Wilson. Yeah. Russell Wilson has accounted for every touchdown except one on his team. We're going into week 15. He's accounted <laughs> for almost 84% or 85% of the offense. Either him rushing, he's a, he's a leading rusher. He's thrown the touchdown passes he's thrown. And his football team this Sunday, if they win, they could be taking the lead in the NFC West. So, you know, I know it's, he's out there, but when you check his numbers and what he's been to his offense, he's, he's accounted for every touchdown except one. It's a historic pace that he is on. You have to seriously talk about him, particularly if they can finish his season and find a way of beating the Rams on Sunday. No, that's a good call. I mean, he's 482 rushing yards. Uh, I think he is at the tops. He's right there with Carson Wentz has 33. Wentz obviously out for the year, but has yeah. 33 passing touchdowns. Russell has 29. Um, he's been tremendous despite losing everybody on defense and uh, yeah. not having an offensive yeah. line. <laughs> or yeah. game. I mean, he's, he has accounted for every touchdown except one. That's great. That's a crazy stat. I mean, that's, that's, it's week 15. You're right. That's, that's it's historic. It's historic. Yeah. It's, I mean, I'm, that's what I'm saying. I mean, if you cannot, I mean, I know, and listen, we all want to, we look at that MVP. We, we're looking at the teams that have, you know, they're, they're, they have a, they have a great playoff run into the, and then you go from there and they're right there. And they're, they're right there all because of him. If there's ever a guy that's the most valuable player, it's him. <laughs> that's a great point. Actually, I got one more for you, Coach, and we'll, we'll let you go because I, I, you've yeah, had yeah. – no, you had – but you had such a, a good run of different quarterbacks throughout your tenure in Pittsburgh, and I'm curious. Right. I know you've dealt with injuries at various times in the, point, you know, in the course of a, a regular season. How do you think the Eagles can adjust with Nick Foles, and can they – I think they can get the one seed still, but can they make a playoff run with Nick Foles out of there, or Carson Wentz out of there and Nick Foles in? Yeah, they can. I mean, you know, I think when you look at that team, um, you know, it's funny we're just talking about the, you know, what Russell Wilson meant to their team. Um, yeah. This is a team. This this team. This team. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles. They can play defense. They're number one league <laughs> against the rush. They got they got six or seven guys that rotate through for pass rush. Love their secondary. They have. You're talking about a quartet of running backs. You know, you get Joseph Adai, Lagarde, Leclerc, Blunt, Clement, Clement, and Kenyon Barber. They have got some running backs, and they got a pretty good offensive line. I mean, I, you know, um, this is a football team that Nick Foles. You know, we've seen him play a lot of football in the National Football League. Um, he doesn't have to win games with this team. I think if they can get home field, I think that's a big, big key because I think that helps him a lot because I think it helps their offense a lot, particularly. Um, you know, I think that he can do enough to get them there. I really do. Um, I think that this is, 
You know, he's been a part of this offense. Well, you, well, he's not Carson Wentz. They're going to have to tweak it some. Uh, I think, and, and I think that Doug Peterson knows, and he'll figure out what he needs to do and what, what Nick Foles is comfortable doing and get him to the point where he's comfortable within this offense. But there's a lot of weapons he has around him. Uh, he can distribute the ball. Um, he can, he, and I think he has enough experience and even in the National Football League that the playoffs will not be too big for him. Um, and I think they got a really strong defense. And, you know, when you have a strong defense and you can run the football, that travels well, no matter what happens. But uh, you look at them, and that the NFC right now is is well, scary. You could make a mention of a lot of teams. I mean, the Minnesota Vikings are going to be the first team to be able to play a home game and put in the, in the same stadium as the Super Bowl. And um, you know, and and then you have like we talked about with the Rams and the and the Seahawks. I mean, the Rams. I mean, there's so many weapons they have right there and still another good defense. So, and then we didn't even talk about the New Orleans Saints. The, the NFC South may be a, the toughest division in football. I mean, you're talking about Carolina, New Orleans, or Atlanta. You come out of there, right there, one of those teams that comes, whoever comes able to make it out of it, and I'm not so sure all three of them won't, but yeah. would you want those three quarterbacks, or three of the best quarterbacks in the National Football League, Cam Newton, Drew Brees, and, and Matt Ryan, I wouldn't want to play any of those teams. And particularly oh, the Atlanta yeah. Falcons. I mean, the Atlanta Falcons, they remind me of the, of the year we had 2005. You know, we had a win winner last four to go in. Their defense is better. We're still waiting for that breakout game from that offense with Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, and they're healthy. But then you look at the Saints and with Drew Brees, and like they, they're they're playing with a chip on their shoulder, and they got that great one-two combination with Kamara and Ingram, and it's um, and Michael Thomas, and their defense has played whites out. Um, so it's it's. You know, and then Cam is literally putting his team on his back and just, you know, and so he'll be his, the NFC is wide open. Yeah, no, it's, the NFC is going to be a blast to watch. Feel bad for that, that three seed that has to welcome Cam Newton, Russell Wilson, or Matt Ryan, uh, <laughs> right? first round. What a reward. Right? Yeah, I know. Hey, coach, I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, folks can follow coach on Twitter at CowerCBS and make sure to tune in to the NFL today, the best pregame show on television. At noon Eastern before the game start on Sunday. Coach, really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. All right. Thanks, Will. Fantastic stuff from Coach Cower. Make sure, again, you tune in to the NFL today. 1 p.m. are the games. 12 p.m. is the NFL today. It's the best pregame show alive. Of course, as Jason Lockham Four and I mentioned before, Jason's on the show too. I thought it was funny. Like we haven't been promoting the NFL today <laughs> like once on the show, and Jason does it every week. Um, it is the best pregame show ever known to man. The chemistry is fantastic. Well, I, w- I, w- well, I would say it's, it's the best. It's great to watch. You should also watch Fantasy Football Today on CBSSports.com. You have two screens. Everybody knows. Watch Nick and Pete on Fantasy Football Today. Watch the TV. You're not putting it on your main TV. It's a second-screen world. That's where you get your fantasy advice with Jamie Eisenberg and Dave Richard. Wow, you know what's, what's great? I think I think the cold in Will's office kind of warping his brain, Pete, since he forgets to promote the show that the two guys on the podcast are freaking hosting coming up on Sunday morning. Hey, you forget about us, Britson? Did you forget about us? Every day I try to. Um, no, I was too busy. See, it wasn't in my. I got. I got. I get don't no worry. Tr- don't worry. He'll he'll send out a tweet plugging uh, Sunday NFL countdown or something coming up in a, <laughs> coming up in a couple hours on the NFL Network or something on somebody like, else. Like, oh, great, great job at Sam Ponder. You guys kill it on Sunday NFL countdown. <laughs> I watch. I watch you guys every Sunday. Great Just job me. at Rich Eisen. Eisen. You guys are fantastic. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know. No, I watch. I watch CBS Sports Network and then CBS, obviously. Um, at Jay Glazer, keep it up, bro. You're crushing it. Um, <laughs> hey, hey. I, I, I was looking at my pregame notes and it wasn't in there. Okay, my pre-show notes. My pre-show notes do include, however, the Super Contest standings. But, but before you get to the Super Contest standings, I want to know what the the results of the poll were. 
Uh, um, eighty four or the MVP poll or the, the or the or the Antonio Brown poll. Antonio Brown poll. The Antonio Brown poll. We asked our listeners, you guys, fantastic people that are out there. Um, hundreds of you responded. Who's the Steelers MVP and thus should get more consideration in the league MVP 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 vote? Eighty four percent said Antonio Brown over. Ben Roethlisberger. What's a you, Nick? You weren't on the show. I, I don't even think it's a question. I think it's obviously Antonio Brown because Ben Ben's the he just tosses it up and Antonio Brown goes and pulls it down on the sideline. These outrageous catches. I don't think it's a crazy take. I don't think he should win MVP, but I don't think it's insane to put him up there in the top, let's say, three or four candidates. Who's we? So we we talked about this and I, and Coach Cower, you guys, as I ju- literally just talked to him about it, he had a good point. Russell Wilson has all but one of the Seahawks touchdowns this year. That is insane. If the Seahawks make the playoffs with all the injuries they have, I think that I think Russell probably will win it because he threw some, so he doesn't have all the touchdowns. He's responsible for all but one. Oh, 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 okay, semantics, boy. You know, you know what he meant. Right. Exactly. So what's the point? Yes, I know he didn't catch all the touchdowns last week in the first. He threw for thirty-six yards in the first half, but that's a whole other story. Hey, you talk about Antonio Brown. Okay, Antonio Brown's having a great season. Don't he's having a better season than. Ben Roethlisberger, but in no way, shape, or form is he more valuable to the Pittsburgh Steelers than Ben Roethlisberger. All right, okay, Steelers aside, Pete, what are you going to do with your MVP vote if Tom Brady and the Patriots don't finish with a top with the number one seed? You mean like the way you you had Tom Brady being done the other night? You mean that one, like you did on Knee Jerk Reaction Tuesday morning? That yes. one. <laughs> I didn't. Okay, first of all, I didn't. No, I don't do any of the things you say I do. Yeah, like, you do that kinda. You kinda. Nick, if you, Nick, did you let you, Nick? I'm going to assume you didn't listen to the Wednesday's pod, and that's okay because I don't listen to the Wednesday pod when I'm not on it either. Um, but I made the point that Tom Brady, for the last three weeks, has seen his stats fall. He's now averaging over the last three weeks. He's averaging 239 passing yards per game. Five touchdowns, four interceptions, just completing 63% of his passes after. Well, well, what were the last three games? They had that Dolphins game when they ran the ball down their throats. He didn't have Gronk on Monday night. He's going to throw for 400 yards on Sunday. This is a ludicrous conversation. No, but my point, my point was that over the last three weeks, he's been listed with an Achilles injury on the, on the injury report. So Pete so, Jason thought Pete Jason, by the way, didn't know that he had he'd been listed on the injury report. No, You're talking he, about guys, guys hurting their craft. It's, it's only on Wednesday that he's on the injury report and then he's and, off of it. And I wasn't, I knew he was I on there. So. Just, I knew he was on there with the Achilles tendon. You, you just had him popping it on uh, sometimes. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You basically were saying that. I mean, Tom Brady's dead. What do you want me to tell you, Pete? He died. Yeah, he died. He's dead. He's done. He's great, finished. Great, great job with the Achilles care at Tom Brady. Good stuff, bro. <laughs> it must be the avocado ice cream at Tom Brady. <laughs> at Mexican, at Mexico avocados. Great can't job wait, keeping can't Tom Brady healthy. Can't wait to get you back on the field at Rob Gronkowski. Need you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, you literally, you literally added Rob Gronkowski when he was on our podcast. You're like, incredible interview with at Rob Gronkowski. Like, what do you get out of here? Hey, well, so- we, well, I mean, we, we had Rob Gronkowski on the show as opposed to you who promote people and things that aren't on our networks or on the show, right, Pete? Oh, That's my God. Right. Hey, Bridget, so who won the other MVP poll? Lock of four because he had more, he has more Twitter followers. It's a popularity contest. It's the freaking, it's the worst thing of all time, that poll. Of course, lock in 401. He's got like 500, 600,000 Twitter followers. It is literally a popularity contest. I mean, that's what it is. We got over a thousand votes on that. All right. Thanks, guys. Uh, Jason Locking for a 42% named him the MVP of the Pick Six podcast. 
Pete Prisco, 24%. Edging me out. I had 23%. And, oh, my lucky number, 11. 11% got Nick Costas at the MVP. No, 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 but, but I will, I will give Brinson some credit here because Pete's got almost 100,000 followers. Will's at like 50, 50 something. And we'll almost beat Pete. And, and we'll almost beat Pete. Well, I mean, I'm on our freaking, I'm on our Twitters all the time because we're always promoting each other. We're on the same freaking podcast, Will, Mr. Twitter. You should know that. So I'm giving you credit here, Will, because Thanks, you've buddy. got, you've got almost half the followers of Pete and you almost beat him. And it's a popularity contest. The big takeaway here, people hate Pete Prisco. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they do. Yeah, yes, they do. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, you, you know, know that like 78% of Pete's followers are either like, like, hate follows. Yeah, yes, yes. Just pure hate follows. Like I tweeted something, people are like, Prisco blocks me. You tell that guy he can, you know. Um, by the yep. way, Nick, I just want to point out, Nick, that, hey, hey, buddy, 89% of the, of our listeners think you're the least LVP. I just want you to know. Well, well, I mean, to be fair, this was, <laughs> it, this was not, there, there was no in order here. So they could have all thought I was the second most valuable. Who knows? That is true. That is true. Hey, you probably finagled some kind of Google search to get your own name involved in it. You think I finagled some Google search? You were so mad, Pete, when it came out of the gates that I was leading. You were so bad. He was so salty. And here's, and I was driving as this was happening and I was like risking life and limb by laughing at looking at no, Pete's really angry, wasn't. salty text. No, he wasn't. I just was laughing at it because I told on the podcast, Nick, you weren't on when we had the contest come out. I told Lock and Ford, there's no chance I'm going to win. They hate me. And he goes, oh, they hate me just as much. Well, clearly they don't, even though he has all those followers. The important thing, Pete, is, Pete, yeah. when you were losing, you're like, this is dumb. Who cares? <laughs> I would say, yeah, sure, buddy. I was hoping I would be last, to be honest with you. Uh, All right, I, let's get to these picks, boys. But then I didn't. Who knew that Nick would go to eleven percent? I mean, what do you mean? Who knew? It was the most obvious thing of all time. I said it right, right when it came out that it was going to happen. Of okay. course, you getting salty or what? Eleven percent. <laughs> there was no salt involved in it. It was. An I should have had my. You know, I should have had my. Um, like you're saying, I'm getting salty about one plus one equals two. It's a mathematical equation. It was what it was. Your new nickname is Mister Eleven Percent. I should have had my Google. I should have had my Google spam bots uh, com score votes. You did. Or or com score, com score, com score, com score. It's video. It's video. It's video. God, we're so annoying. I can't believe Jay. This is why Jason won MVP because people listen to this segment. Oh, oh, he's he won MVP because he has more. Nick's right because he has more Twitter followers and and people don't hate him. Okay, that's your answer. More Ravens. You don't hate him. This podcast, Eric. How long this podcast is going to end up being an hour and a half? You know that, right? NFL reporters, please <laughs> okay, vote for uh, me. Please good. vote for me. I need your votes. Please, please. You guys are great. I'll, I'll retweet make, your articles. Are we making fun of me? Yes. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, you guys are you guys are really marring my wait, performance here. Can we get, that was, that was you guys are really marring. Is wait, it marring or marring? It's marring. Wait, wait, last thing here because I don't. I think we talked about this before we we started. So. You guys can't see this audio media, but Brinson's doing the podcast from his office right now, and he he literally, he literally looks like he's in Antarctica, like he's got a jacket on, like, like a Panther scully cap. Like, Will, how, what is the temperature in your office right now in North Carolina that you have 15 layers of clothing on? I mean, I've got my hands shoved in my jacket. I'm freezing. Uh, I would guess that the temperature... It's like 74 right now. Is it? <laughs> you do realize the Panthers play the Packers in Carolina this week and not in Lambeau, Lambeau Field. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's 
It's uh, it's 52 degrees outside. It's not even that cold. It's it's like 50 a mile. It's pretty- <laughs> 50 degrees and you're bundled up like you're, you're seeing Coughlin beat him in Green Bay in the playoffs. What are you doing? And your face is turning red, Tom Coughlin red, by the way. That's because I'm laughing because you guys are hilarious. I'm also going to be laughing when I'm number one in the standings on the Super Contest after this week. Pete Prisco, 34.5 points. Nick Costos, 33.5. Vincent, 33.5 as well. Neither, none, none of us are very good, but I'm now one game back of the lead and tied with Nick for second place. I guess that counts. Um, by the way, the mini contest starts this week. Nice. I, you know about true, that, right? By the way, by the way, true story. Three years ago, I went five and zero oh and five and zero oh in weeks fifteen and sixteen, and then went three and two in week seventeen, and the winner went four and one in week seventeen, and I lost the mini contest by one game. Here's what I had to say: oh, I'm man. writing my picks. I was writing my picks up today. I said bragging rights are on the line with each pick, and Brinson is suddenly interested again after a horrible start where he barely said a peep about the contest. <laughs> Jeez, there's the there, there's a great lead, Charles Dickens. Good stuff. That, well, <laughs> for one, one, it's fascinating that you're still writing for online and 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 about sports. That's great, Pete. I'm really proud of you. Uh, Two, if you don't, I don't know if you know this, but I I read your picks. I read your picks, Colin, buddy. I saw when you mentioned like three or four weeks ago, this is what spurred my interest and my my revenge. You said something like, Brinson and his dumb dog are making some terrible or something. It was an ugly dog. Yeah, 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 yeah. You called my dog ugly on a CBS Sports.com. My dog is, is, is kind of ugly. Um, but you call my dog, you know, AK gets mad at me because I, she, she, she hears from people that, I've been insulting. She's like, you hate our dog. I'm like, I, I don't, I don't hate him. I like him. I just hate him. It's a gag. Other, other than the part that you'd like to let him, let him out and get him hit by a car. Other than that, you like. I threatened to do it last night. I threatened to do it last night. Why? What happens? Wait, wait, hold on. Wait, wait. What happened with George? Oh, no, no. This morning, maybe I threatened to do it. He's, he wakes up at 6 a.m. He just starts barking. There's like a, the, the, the garbage trucks going down the street. He's like barking at the garbage truck. He's like, shut up, you moron. It's 630 in the morning. A, uh, and AK couldn't find any earphones, so she's like playing a podcast. Relaying, like I get woken up, she's like laughing at like a podcast. Like, what are you doing? She's like, I, I couldn't find any earphones. I'm just listening to the podcast like it is. I'm like, what? It's, no, this is. I'm sleeping. What are you doing? This is insane. Um. Anyway, mini contest starts this week. I'm gonna try and win some money for the super contest. In the meantime, let's get started. Pete, am I to understand that on this Friday, in which people are listening to this podcast, that you have already gotten one pick in? No, I do not have a Thursday night game. Oh, but you already put your picks in. Yeah, I just put them in. Uh, I just get them and put them in. I don't wait. Sure, why would you wait? Not like injury reports are important. All right. Um, anything. Let's dive right into the Saturday games. Bears at the Lions. A critical NFC North matchup that will determine absolutely nothing when it comes to the playoffs. The Lions are minus five and a half, Pete. I like the Bears. I think they'll keep it close. I don't love them. I, I just think that this is this Bears team is playing better. I think Trubisky's getting better, um, and they've, they've run the ball. The Lions, five-and-a-half-point favorites, too many. If it was a field goal, I'd probably go the other way. I'll take the Bears. Duh! Bears, duh, Bears, duh, Bears, duh, Bears, duh, Bears, duh, Bears, duh, Bears. Pete, you said it. The second point you made was the most important one. Mitchell Trubisky starting to play really, really well. And I just think this Lions team, they're a plucky bunch, and I think that they will win ultimately in the end. It'll be close in the fourth quarter. Stafford leads them down the field. Matt Prater, game-winning field goal, as is his want. But the Bears fall inside the number. Detroit wins. Chicago covers. Duh! Well, I like them. Bears, duh, Bears, duh, Bears, duh, Bears, duh, Bears, duh, Bears. Oh, I was like, why is he still talking? Good drop. That's a good drop, Bear. For someone we need, like, a... It's hard... These drops are so clean, it's almost hard to tell that they're drops. It is. It is. Uh... 
it's funny when we do like a, like that, like with your voice when you're not on the pod too, because it'd be like, whoa, like what the, is Nick in the office? What's he? Um, it's, it's 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 the ghost of annoying presence. <laughs> that's right. That's good. I like that. Uh, I like the Lions. I like the Lions. Uh, maybe a whole lot here. I don't know why. Uh, need to see the Stafford injury, but I, I I could potentially be talked in, especially with you clowns taking the the Bears on the other side, but not loving them. I I, I don't know. Just Detroit's better. The Bears haven't been good away, and it uh, feels like they had the Super Bowl last week when they beat the Bengals. So I will take the Lions here, potentially loving the Lions, the other game on Saturday night. I think you know what's happening here. This is the – you talk about a Heisman moment situation in college football. This is an MVP moment situation. Phillip Rivers going to Kansas City has struggled there in recent years. It's a pick with the winner likely winning the AFC West, Pete. This is a passers and pass rushers league. They have the passer with the Chargers and Phillip Rivers. They have the pass rushers in Bosa and in uh, Melvin Ingram. They will get after Alex Smith. They will beat the Chiefs on the road in Arrowhead and seize control of the division. All right, so here's the deal. When it's all said and done oh boy. and the regular season has come to an end, and I have won our Super Contest Challenge. I want everyone to look back at this game as the turning point. Wow. Pete Prisco, gonna... Pete Prisco has taken the Chargers. You know that Bobby Brinson <laughs> is going to take the Chargers. And Nick Costos is rolling with the Kansas City Chiefs as a home pick Are you freaking kidding me? The value, 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 hashtag value. I don't... Good, good. You know what? You know, the Chargers... you know who the Chargers have beaten on this win streak? Absolutely freaking nobody. And now they're going to waltz into Kansas City as, as a pick at Arrowhead at night where Phillip Rivers has struggled, where Andy Reid's going to coach Anthony Lynn's pants right off. Are you guys kidding me? This is the easiest pick of the week. I don't just like, I love the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't like, when, my best bets. I don't like when Buffalo went in Arrowhead and won, right? A couple weeks ago. Cool. I, I picked the Chiefs in that game. but, but <laughs> Look, I honestly have a very um, – very bad feeling. I got a bad feeling about this game. It's, uh. The spread is ludicrous. Eh, it's not ludicrous. It opened up as Chiefs minus one, went to Chargers minus two, back to a pick em. Um, I would much rather, look, I, you know I'm taking, you know, you know where I'm going here. Well, you have to take the Chargers. I'm taking the Chargers. I'm taking the Chargers at best bet. I'm shoving. I am Johnny Shovel stuff with the Chargers here because if Phillip Rivers has a big game and the weather's bad in Pittsburgh. Johnny and, Shovel stuff? Mr. Shovel stuff. Take the that's, chips that's weird. and shove them all into the middle of the table. No, then then, then you're Jim Fossil. Does Jim Fossil shove all his chips in the middle of the table? With, uh, Brinson's lack of football knowledge, Pete, doesn't remember Jim Fossil's famous speech in 2000 when the Giants were 7-4, and four, and Jim Fossil said, I'm taking my chips and I'm shoving them into the middle of the table. This team's making the playoffs, and then they made the Super Bowl. Ah, good for him. I don't, I, don't, I, didn't, I, don't, I don't remember that speech in the middle of the season, but good for him. I didn't – I mean, I'm, Pete, did you remember that? I did. Okay. You were covering the NFL then, next to Giants fan. Congratulations. Um, it's Jim Fossil speeches. Who doesn't love a good Jim Fossil? It, it, it was a famous thing when it happens. I, okay, I don't call it. Um, conductor, I'm shoving my you, chips. See if you can find that, Conductor. The Jim Fossil, I'm shoving my chips into the middle well, of the table. You're shoving your chips in on the Chargers again, I would imagine. Yes, of course. I'm shoving. They're going to the Super Bowl. You think so? They, no, I don't know. They could, though. <laughs> 
They could. No, no, I don't know. Well, thanks for the for the, the expert analysis. I, I hope they go to the Super Bowl. That would be fantastic for me. I will be trying uh, to get an edge place. I'll be placing a small wager on the NFC team to hedge my bets. Um, at any rate, the Chargers won four straight. They're going to win this one. I do have a bad feeling, though, because this feels like a, a game that uh, Philip Rivers gets his heart ripped out in. But he understands that if he goes in and he has a huge game, that the Chargers control their own destiny in the division. And I think that if he throws – if he goes 400 for four touchdowns, which is not impossible against his chief secondary, even, yeah, getting Marcus, even getting Marcus Peters back, is he the leader in the MVP race? He'll be in it. Okay. But he's, is he right there with Brady if he goes 404 touchdowns? And the, and the Patriots lose? He'll be in the conversation. It's too hard. It's too early to make the vote. I was going to say, I, there, there's no conversation I hate more than this one. Right. It's, it's week early. 15. I mean, there's only two weeks left. I got my ballot yesterday, though. So you don't have to oh. make a vote until January. Who's on the ballot? Nobody. It just uh, shows you what you have to vote for and how you have to vote for it. All pro and cool. All. I voted, I voted Eli Manning. Yeah, nobody's ready. Right. All right, moving along. This is a poker game. I'm shoving my chips to the middle of the table. I'm raising the ante. Anybody wants in, get in. Anybody wants out, get out. This team's going to the playoffs. Okay? This team is going to the playoffs. Okay, actually, now I sort of do is have it, a recollection of it. Because is this bizarre that I knew that I know that entire thing by heart? No, I mean, no, because it's, it's a Giants thing. Um, boy. I don't, I don't remember the exact timing of it, but I do remember that because like that was when poker was like getting huge, right? No. Like poker. No. Yes. Actually, 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 yes, you're right. Yes, poker it was, was a. It was about to be the poker boom. You're right. Yeah. Um. And so like it was like it was like you know he's watching like the world. I, I was in college at the time and I remember it being a big deal. What's that? It was Chris Moneymaker time. That's right. It was Chris Moneymaker time. Look at you, Pete, you cultural savant. Eagles at the Giants. Speaking of the Giants, God, what an accidental segue that is. You know who's not shoving anything? The Giants, because they stink. And they're oh, dogs no. again. Oh, oh, they're shoving it all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, they're shoveling it. it. They shoved the coach right out the door is what they did. <laughs> That's a better segue. Man, I'm off my game today. Giants plus seven and a half at home to Nick Foles and the Eagles. A week after the Giants, who, by the way, were kind of in that game. I can't believe I picked them as a best bet um, on that stupid Eli Manning idea. But they were in that game against the Cowboys, and then Rod Smith uh, shoved them into a locker and, and called them nerds and, and ran away with the game. Pete? I'll take the Giants because of the half extra point. I, I don't love the game, but I, I, I think look, Nick Foles is Nick Foles. You forget 27-2. and two, He's more like 15-14 and 14 in my book. So, to be honest with you, I don't. Seven and a half is too many. If it was like six and a half, I might take the Eagles, but I'll take the Giants with the half. half. See, now this is why Pete Prisco has lost to me every single regular season challenge we've done and why he will continue to lose to me in every regular season challenge that we do. Because what Pete said just now about the six and a half, if it were six and a half, he would take Philly. That's ultimately why Pete is a loser picking games against the spread. Because you see the seven and a half, and that's when you lay the lumber because they're trying to get you to take the New York football Giants. And look, I'm a Giants fan. You know what I want from this team at this point? After Eli came back and they lost last Last week, just lose, baby. Let's get that top two pick. Let's get that next franchise quarterback. Fly, Eagles, fly on the road to victory and cover the spread. Philly goes into MetLife. Philly wins. Philly covers double digits. It might even be one of my best bets of the week. Um, ugh, I, I, I actually... 
needed like so I was writing my picks for the week. <laughs> I needed like an hour and a half for this game because I couldn't. It's too many points for a division rivalry game. It's too many points for Nick Foles. I'm taking the Giants, and I'm doing so very reluctantly. I'm just definitely not the best bet because they kept it close against the Cowboys, and Eli Manning got the ball with a chance to go down and win the stinking game. And I think he immediately like fumbled or threw an interception or did something stupid, and then the Cowboys had two long runs, and the Giants gave up. The problem with the Eagles is that they still have good a good running game and a really good defensive line, and the Giants don't have anybody to throw to. I mean, it's, it's Giants are terrible. And or or an offensive line. Yeah, Good or luck. an offensive line. It's just a bad matchup. You might be right. They might be trying to get you to take the Giants. I'm taking the Eagles as a best bet. They're going to Spags is going to blitz the hell out of Foles and he's going to turn it over two or three times. Okay. Um You think I, Nick Foles is good? No. Okay. I think the I think the rest of the Eagles team is good. I don't think Nick Foles is bad. We'll see on Sunday. If the if the Eagles go 0-3 down the stretch, can Carson Wentz still be the MVP? No. No. I'm just asking. Okay. I don't think so either. Um, all right. I'm taking the Giants reluctantly. Do not like this game at all. Panthers hosting the Packers, the return of A-Rod. Nick Foles returns. Aaron Rodgers returns. Basically the same thing. I will tell you what. Aaron Rodgers does not have a season with 27 touchdowns and two interceptions in fraud. his career. What yeah, a fraud, Rogers. Pete. Fraud. Can this clown fraud go into Charlotte and take down the mighty Panthers? We don't know what he's going to look like. How can you just sit here and say he's going to go in there and beat the Panthers? I bet, he, I bet he'll be wearing a green jersey, and he'll have a mustache or a beard and, and potentially a helmet. You don't know how he's going to play. What if he takes a shot? Hey, the Panthers got all over the quarterback last week. They had, and they had line injuries with the Vikings, but they did have six sacks last week. I think Carolina's in a spot to ruin Rodgers' coming, coming back party. I really do. I like Carolina minus two points. See, here's the problem, right? I actually kind of like Carolina minus the points also. But, Pete, you heard what Brinson just did, right, when he picked the Chargers-Chiefs game. He took the Chargers to the Super Bowl, so he took the Chargers in the game, even though he doesn't really love it. We took the Packers to the Super Bowl. We can't hop off the bandwagon now. So I'm going to say it. I don't really like the Packers here. I think it's asinine that people are treating this like a foregone conclusion, like Rodgers is going to come back and the Packers are going to win out and go 10-6 and six and make the playoffs when they've got, oh, by the way, at Carolina, who's 9-4. and four. Then the Vikings next week are in first place, and people are like, oh, Aaron Rodgers is back. Packers are going to win out, going to do what they did in 2010, be the sixth seed and win the Super Bowl. It probably ain't going to happen like that. But you know what I am? A man of conviction. You know what I am? A man of my word. You know what I am? Man of all seasons. And you know what else I am? An absolute freaking moron. So give me the Green Bay backers. Aaron Rodgers back in the saddle leads Green Bay, not just to cover the spread, but to win the damn game outright. Dun, 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 dun. Go back, go. Um, I'm sitting here in my office freezing my tail off. It's basically Lambo 2.0, and I got this Panthers beanie on, and I'm riding the Panthers here. I like the Panthers a lot. Panthers have been covering at a high frequency this year. Well, I think one of the top ten teams across all the major sports. Hello, statistic. And I think the Panthers will take care of Aaron Rodgers. I think they will bottle him up. I think the underlying thing that nobody's talking about is the Packers' defense stinks. They, they were down 21-7 to to the freaking Browns. The Browns. Wait, the Panthers' on. offense, not perfect, but Cam Newton's starting to get it going. I think you see him 
find Devin Funches a lot, who had a very nice day, even against Xavier Rhodes. I think you see Jonathan Stewart, not three touchdowns and how many of rushing yards he had. First time in his career he did that. But I think he continues to run the ball well. Carolina outscores the Packers and wins handily. I like the Panthers here. I even love the Panthers. Can we give Pete a chance to walk his pick back and pick the Packers like I did? No, I'm taking the Packers. My Super Bowl pick uh, Kapui when Rodgers went out. So here's a, here's a, here's a fun fact, Nick. Pete, Pete's favorite thing in life, but not favorite thing in life, but one of his favorite things in life, except for himself, is that he has to pick the games on Tuesday. Because he's, he's, he doesn't want to, I can't change him. I gotta do video, I gotta do a separate video, then I gotta do a different video. I can't change him. But he loves the fact that if he's right, he's like, ah, you know, you guys couldn't pick him on Tuesday. And if he's wrong, he's like, well, I had to pick him on Tuesday. It's a perfect, uh, win-win situation for Pete. By the way, never change a pick. By the way, Will, did I tell you that I, that I met Pete's wife last weekend? No, I've never met, have I, I don't think I've ever met your wife, Pete. No, you haven't. You've met my wife. Yes, I have. Learned learned a good amount of stuff about Peter Prisco, which I don't think we can share now because this podcast is going to be really long. But but all all good things. We love Pete, but just just some little funny anecdotes about Peter Prisco and the uh, who who he is behind the the is tanned he, uh, the tanned leathery veneer exterior. Are you trying to say that Pete's sweeter than he might let on at home? Ah, I'm not going to say anything here because we don't want to shatter what people the expectation and the image of Peter <laughs> Prisco. But at some point, these facts may come to light. May come to light. You're not going to tell Will that the story about throw him in the lake. <laughs> My wife here with me. No, the throw, it's not. It's not what you think. It's Pete getting bullied as a child. Oh no, I didn't get bullied. I spit in the kid's face and he threw me in the lake. So he's leaving out the best part of the story, which was there was an angry mob following as this was going on, chanting. Throw him in the lake. Like, Throw him in the lake. <laughs> like, like 13, and he was like a giant kid, and he was picking on everybody. So I was sitting above him, and I just put a honker right in his face, and he grabbed me off the thing and threw me in the lake, and they started chanting it, and he threw me right into the mud. That's, <laughs> I went that's home crying. So it's you know basically, basically you know, Twitter before Twitter was a thing. You know what happened? <laughs> when I was 15, I found him. <laughs> and, but, no, and, Pete, and then what happened, Pete? Not that I'm kidding. I'm joking. Um, if you're a listener to the podcast, may I suggest you tweet at Pick Six Pod. It's a podcast on Twitter and at Prisco CBS with just throw them in the lake. Throw them in the lake. <laughs> uh, we got to throw these picks in the lake. We got to move up, move quickly because I have a, day, a preschool situation that's unfolding. Vikings, who just came off a two and one stretch on three road games. That is pretty impressive. Also impressive. They're ten and a half point favorites hosting the Bengals, Pete. Look, the Bengals have packed it in. They're done. They've, they're home for the holidays. They're finished. Uh, they're, they're hurt. They're banged up. The Vikings are playing for something. They're back home for the first time in, in three weeks. I like the Vikings. I don't love the Vikings, but I'll lay the 10 and a half in this spot. I think it's too many points. Um, I think we saw the Vikings offense struggle some last week. And I think this Bengals defense is going to come to play. And look, I think Marvin's clearly on the way out. I think you can tell from his press conference on Thursday that he knows he's not long for this job. Maybe he goes up to the front office. Maybe he doesn't. But I think the Bengals will play well enough to at least keep it close within 10 points. So Vikings will win, but give me the Bengals to cover. I think I, I think I love the Vikings. I don't know. I have to go back and look at my sheet. But I do really like the Vikings. I know that. Ten and a half is a lot of points. But, man, Minnesota – I mean, Minnesota – played well against Carolina and nearly came back and won it. I think they understand the number one seed is within their grasp. I think they also understand that, you know, 
they got to keep this going because Aaron Rodgers is coming. The, the Panthers are, are playing well. Um, the NFC is, is can shift rapidly. Um, they would love to get that one seed. They'd love to have home field advantage throughout, and they have to win this game and win this game easily. And I think they will crush the pathetic Cincinnati Bengals. I might love the Minnesota Vikings. Bills at home against the Dolphins. Hopefully it snows and Pete has to watch that game. And, her, and the Bills are minus three and a half. Uh, before I get to my pick on that game, what a, sure. you're such a, you chime in on when I say the snow's terrible and then you have everybody, the mob get after me because I say snow football is terrible. Okay. Okay. First of all, that's not what happened. Yes. Exactly. You put it on tweet out saying how great it was. And I said snow. You quoted, wait, 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 wait. So, so I didn't sick a mob on you. You quoted my tweet and you were like, anyone who likes football doesn't like the snow. And right. I quote tweeted you and I said, that was the Bills and Colts. No one gave a crap about them. The snow was a nice addition. And then people, I guess, agreed with me and not you because they blasted you. Well, they're, Nick agreed with me because he thinks well, no, no, I like snow football. I don't like blizzard football. Right. Snow football that was a pleasant, pleasant addition to what would have been a game that I wouldn't have watched one second of otherwise. Davy was good snow football. Blizzard. Bills and Colts was terrible snow. It was fun. It was stupid. It was ridiculous. You, you could check in every now and then, see some funny scenes, and then the ending was insane and cost me $250. No big deal. What if that was really good teams and they had to play in that garbage? Well, I mean, Pete, I don't know what to tell you. Like, it's not like it's the Bills. Football. It's not like the Bills. It's not like the Bills, like, asked God to snow. <laughs> like, I know, but that's it. You're just, you're just the surface guy. That's all. You like the, the ha ha, there's snow there. Look how deep it is. Woo! Because <laughs> you know what it does. Just you know what it does, Pete. It makes it makes for better tweets to send out. I, of course, it does. It was cool to see on TV. And kudos to the CBS Sports, the NFL and CBS crew for the way they handled it. Yeah. NFL CBS, great yeah. job handling that, guys. Good yeah. job, Tasker. Good job by you. Maybe at Steve Tasker will tweet back at me. About this. <laughs> The Steve Tasker thing was funny. He's out there freezing. He's like, yeah, this is crazy, guys. Um, by the way, you, you just talked for five minutes and didn't make a pick. And you know what else I love, by the way? You know how, like, you have, like, the photographers in the end zone of football games who are always constantly taking pictures? That's what I imagine Brinson like in his living room with his iPhone, just, like, sizing up the right pictures and videos to take so he can tweet them out afterwards. It's not inaccurate. It's not inaccurate. It's often he's looking like he's standing in the snow the way he's dressed right now. <laughs> Make a pick on the. I have to leave in eight minutes. Make a pick on the on the Bills Dolphins. We are so like far behind. I like the Dolphins. No matter. Look, I know Taylor's going to play quarterback this week. I still like the Dolphins. Uh yeah. I mean, what's the spread? Three and a half that we're rolling with here. If it were three, yes. yeah. I mean, that's that's. I mean, you're getting the hook. Miami just played a really good game on on. Uh, it's. Uh, I'll take the points as well with Miami. Yeah, I got the Dolphins too. Take the Bills in the kiss of death situation. Jaguars. Wow. Pete Prisco's Jaguars hosting the Texans minus ten and a half at home. That's a lot of lumber, man, for a team that coming off a big victory and the always the Seattle factor. When you play Seattle, you get beat up. It's a physical game. They're not going to win by ten and a half. They will win by seven or eight. They won't win by ten and a half. You, you want a hot take here? TJ Yates might be better than Tom Savage. Way too many points. I'm with Pete. I'm taking the Texans. I'm also on the Texans begrudgingly. It is too many points. The Texans have kept things close despite, and, and I think they actually kind of match up sort of well, at least defensively. Like they can slow down for net, um, and make Blake Bortles throw. And then, whoo, boy, you know what? If Twitter, you know, there are a lot of things that Twitter isn't good for, Nick. I got to tell you, like, you know, the, the political season, it's sometimes tough to be on there. 
Uh, people like to like do weird stuff, but, but man, when you get somebody breathlessly defending Blake Bortles for four straight hours in your feed and quote tweeting everyone about how Bortles is great and Bortles is so fantastic and Blake is so good. That's when Twitter That's- is great. That's when I love Twitter. More Blake Bortles t- tweets from you, Pete, please. How many did I send out? I sent out at least 50. God, it was awful. You're crazy. You're it was crazy. worse than the, when you and Freeman talk about Russell and, and right. Cutler. So no, way- nothing's, nothing is worse than that. It's the worst. You're way off stage. Except, except for when you plug um, on what other people are doing for other for other places <laughs> other than CBS. At Bill Barnwell and me on on our podcast. I oh, was wait. on a podcast. I tweet our podcast every uh, single week. You're on our podcast. We have a podcast. I tweet our podcast every single <laughs> week. But when I appear with Bill, I'm going to tweet his podcast too. Fantastic column, comma, at whomever the reporter is that doesn't work for CBS. Great job, bro. <laughs> Nothing like the MMQB at Peter King. <laughs> That was a good quote from Philip Rivers. Uh, Pete, the, the, the worst part is now, like, you can never compliment anyone on Twitter. Peter, but you'll, like, retweet something and be like, good read. Nice like stuff. Once a decade. People like this. I would kick here. Um, <laughs> Dumb. Hmm. <laughs> Generational. <laughs> it's like every time somebody in the Patriots trade gets a sack. Hmm. No, no, hold on. Wait, no, 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 Pete. To be fair, how many of those tweets that you send on Sunday? What the per- what's the percentage of me egging you on to send to send the tweet that you send? Uh, plenty. <laughs> it's got to be at least fifty percent. Saints minus fifteen and a half. Wait, real quick, like, like like Russell, like Russell Wilson will throw a pick, and I'll go to Pete. Pete tweet generational interception. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like those. I like those. Yeah, well, generational. Like, oh, another generational game for the greatest like quarterback Nick's, of all time. Yeah, like when Nick tweeted on for a Monday night, we were in there. I I go, oh, I'm gonna send this one out. I, I like this one. And he knows he's getting a right. He sees me getting all riled up. Saints so, minus 15 and a half hosting the Jets and Bryce Petty and Christian and your boy Christian Hackenberg. It's a ton of points. The Saints lost last week. They get back home and get right. I hate laying 15 and a half. I wouldn't pick it as one of my best bets, but I would lay the points in this scenario. You know the Saints going to cover the spread. You know the Saints will cover the spread because Bryce Petty freaking sucks. The Saints will cover the spread. Yeah, I'm taking the Saints. It's too it's too many points, but it's not enough points. I mean, 28-13 can burn you. Bryce Petty ain't scoring 13 points against the Saints defense. Saints are rolling here. Can't take it as the best bet. I do like though. We've mentioned three games with huge spreads. Uh, what do you think about a tease? Saints down to five and a half. Jaguars down to half a point. Vikings down to half a point. Pete, if you were to uh, to have one word that starts with L and ends with R that would sum up Will Brinson's teaser pick, what would it be? Loser. Who's losing that tease? You had the what, about, what, about your, what about your tease last week that had the Patriots and lost? Yeah. yeah. Well, that was involved two of the other teams in the Patriots, and it was a loser. Okay. Right. It's a loser. See, well, I don't, know if, I don't know if you're aware of this, but when you have a teaser, you need to win all the elements in order to win, <laughs> not two of the three. There's nothing like combining a week 14 game with two week 15 games and the teaser being dead before before Tuesday morning. That's always fun. Um, Redskins hosting the Cardinals. Redskins minus four. Long trip, bad team, playing poorly on offense, at least the protection-wise. The Redskins are good after them. They're at home. They're rested. I'll take the Redskins in this spot. I don't love it, but I would take the Redskins. HTTR, baby. Give me Kirk Cousins and the Skins to win. Kirk Cousins and the Skins. I got the Skins, too, uh, winning and covering it. I'm pleasantly surprised that no one remembered before the year when we first started this podcast that the first thing that Pete and I said is we take Carson Palmer over Kirk Cousins. Doesn't look so great right now. That's okay. Her cousin's is curled up in the fetal position in the last couple of weeks too, hasn't he? 
His offensive line not helping him. All. Well, I mean, like that makes yes, correct. Like yeah. the guy's got nothing around him. Yeah. Carson, uh, Ravens at the Browns. Ravens minus seven. By the way, John Dorsey. Give me the points, baby. I'm taking the Browns in this one. Back-to-back road games off a tough week against the Steelers. I love me some Cleveland Browns. Um, I, uh, I might love the Browns also, but I definitely like them here. I'm going to take them with the points, but my, but Will, what you were going to say, how about John Dorsey putting Sashi Brown in a body bag? <laughs> this is unnecessarily. Like, he's on the show with, uh, Aaron Shun, uh, Crowdhammer, or there's a, I can't remember the guy. He's always on. Charles Crowdhammer is a political commentator for Fox News. <laughs> Aaron Goldhammer on WKNR 850. Great, great, great show, comma, at Aaron Goldhammer. Good work, bro. <laughs> have you ever seen this guy on SportsCenter? He's hilarious. Have, yeah. Yeah, good. <laughs> I'm sure he's a nice guy. I don't mean to blast him. Uh, and Dorsey said, you know what? You got to get a guy like that, Hugh Jackson, players. And you know what? I'll come straight out with it. The guys who were here before that system, they didn't get real players, which – is a shot at Sashi Brown, sort of understated here. That's a shot at the whole roster. Now, yes. does that inspire the roster, or does that cause the roster to get angry? I think it inspires it a little bit. I like the Browns plus seven here, too. I am fully expecting for the fifth straight week to get my guts ripped out by the Browns in some embarrassing and humiliating fashion and for them not to cover just like they did last week. I, I think they're going to win the game. Yeah, I thought they were going to win. I, they might I had win. To, I'm with you, Nick. They might win the game. I had the Browns plus three and a half in a, or plus three in a parlay with the uh, Cardinals. Who uh, won? Last, the, last week. And the 49ers. Uh, yeah. Covered two thirds and I lost the parlay. And it's like, and it's like they couldn't even like lose by a field goal in overtime. Yeah, right. In overtime. Just like you, and like that, at least like, at least with the Colts and the Bills, like I understand you're going to try and, you're going to try and run it as many times as you can. Because it's a blizzard and you don't know it's going to be difficult to kick. I mean, just line up Mason Crosby and bang one through, you people who nearly caused me to say a swear word on this podcast. Seahawks hosting the Rams, NFC West on the line. Seahawks minus two, Pete, your quarterback, Russell Wilson. And you know what? This is a perfect spot for the Seahawks. We are still the big boys of the division. Come on, Rams. We beat you at your place. Now come up here. Now, the Rams traditionally have beat him up. I think they have 23 sacks in the last five or six games against them. They will hit him. Every team hits him. But you know what? In the end, in the fourth quarter, Russell Wilson will make the play to win the game, and they will win the division. I got to say, Nick, before you dive in here, we had a whole thing lined up for this. Just go ahead and play it anyway, Eric, but it's very disappointing that you didn't pick the Rams here, Pete. <laughs> I'll pass. I just I save I save my, my conversations for more relevant things in this world. <laughs> That's what Richard Sherman said about the Pete Briscoe on this podcast. <laughs> Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Play it again. Play that play play that one more time. <laughs> I'll pass. I just I save I save my, my conversations for more relevant things in this world. <laughs> for- all right, I want to I want to praise the conductor here because leaving the laugh on at the start of it was a stroke of genius. Play it one more time, please. <laughs> I'll pass. Uh, <laughs> the, the just, laugh, that I laugh. Save, I save it's, my my conversations for more relevant things in this world. I, I want I, I want that laugh isolated and just to play Richard Sherman's laugh as a drop to throughout <laughs> the course of the show because that is absolutely hilarious. Um, by the way, one quick thing about that is no, you know why he he blocked me because I put holding pictures of. Yeah, I mean, you're so, yeah. He I actually, you know what? I, that reminds me. I need to go on Twitter and say at Richard Sherman. Really nice piece in the Players Tribune today, breaking down film and some gifts. And I bet you, if Richard if Richard Sherman could say five words 
to Pete Prisco. Will, do you know what they would be? You are a tan loser. Throw him in the lake. <laughs> you guys know where I'm going with this. I'm, I'm Mr. L.A. Ram. I'm taking the Rams to win. The Rams go into Seattle, win this game. Statement made. This is no longer your division, Seattle. This is our division. The Rams and one, win. The Rams and one more thing I would say to Richard Sherman. Hey, Richard, Jalen Ramsey is you now, about 10 years younger. Well, that's just a compliment to Jalen Ramsey. Right. Okay. Wow. Cool. Basically, basically saying Pete Pre Prisco going and you know, pantomiming Metallica. Time marches on. Congratulations. Yes, Richard Sherman's getting yep. older. Yeah. Your hairline's going back. Yes, and, 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 and you're star and you're stark raven bald. Um, <laughs> yeah. Patriots at the Steelers, biggest game of the week, NFL and CBS. We previewed it earlier with Coach Cower. Who you got, Pete? You look, the bottom line is the Patriots aren't losing two games in a row. Tom Brady has owned the Pittsburgh Steelers. 29 touchdowns, three interceptions against them in his career. He will go into Pittsburgh and dominate again. And Princeton, he's going to do it to show you that he isn't done. 400 yards, Nick, you might be a little low. Brady lights up the Steelers, and they win the game and cover the number. You know what the Patriots are going to do to the Steelers on Sunday in Heinz Field? Throw them in the lake. Throw them in the lake. Uh, yeah, Patriots are going to beat the Steelers. Why? Because that's what they always do. Ready? I'm going to give you a history of, of, of Steelers' big wins over the Patriots in the Tom Brady, Bill Belichick era. Well, that was fun. All right, next up. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, did, did you hear it? Yeah, yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. Tom Brady versus Mike Tomlin coach Steelers teams. 22 touchdowns, zero interceptions is a stat that someone texted me, so it has to be true. Um, but Pete listed out with 29, and I mean, it, he owns the Steelers. They're gonna, they're coming off a, it's a, the Steelers more than any team needed the Patriots to beat the Dolphins and beat the Dolphins handily. So that way the Steelers would have the proper motivation. I get that they're inspired by Ryan Shazier, but his absence on the field is a big, big problem from a football standpoint. I, Coach Cower and I, like, we talked about it, like, would it be surprising if this is the Mike Gillisley game? Like Mike Gillisley is active and they just run him 50 times up the middle against the Steelers defense that can't stop the run. Wouldn't be stunned. Wouldn't no, be stunned either. Be if they that, just... that, would be bad. that can't happen because in my, in my home league where I'm 13 and oh, I have Brady and I, I cannot have that happen. I need 400. Don't have it happen. Don't worry. You'll get your pass in the arc. It's going to be a game. What was the stat you said you got, Brinson? 22 touchdowns, zero interceptions against Mike Tomlin's Steelers teams. Great stat, comma, ESPN stats and info. Great work, guys. Nine and three in his career is just tells you he owns the team even more. Yeah, exactly. He owns the team. I'm taking the Patriots. You have to take the Patriots. You can't. The Steelers might win the game, but you can't. And look, if the Steelers win the game, the Patriots were going to win in the playoffs. I'll tell you that much. 49ers hosting the Titans. 49ers minus two. We have to go quickly. I like the 49ers minus the points. I think they'll. The, the, this number is funky for a reason. Jimmy Garoppolo, you can't get off that train, right, Nick? Uh, yeah, I want the team with the better quarterback. Give me Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers to beat Marcus Mariota and the Texans. I also have the 49ers. I think that's four games that we've picked uh, alike. Cowboys at the Raiders. Raiders plus three, Pete. Look, give me the Oakland Raiders. Back-to-back road games for the Cowboys. Always tough to do. This is a playoff game for both teams. I think Derek Carr apologized for his performance last week. He comes up big. Give me the Raiders and the points. Uh, yeah, the Raiders stink. The Cowboys don't. Um, Dak Prescott, 350 passing yards, 70 rushing yards. Three or four total touchdowns. Dallas wins because the Raiders stink. 
I got Derek Carr with a big game here for the for the Raiders on a home game on Sunday night, and it's prime time. It's a prime time dog. You're you're taking the prime time favorite. I like that, Nick. Give me the Raiders plus three. And finally, Pete Prisco's Atlanta Falcons minus six and a half at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Two prime time dogs this week, Pete. Yeah, uh, look, that's a John Gruden's getting his no is uh, put up in the Ring of Honor. Do they care about that? No. Let's <laughs> go in to destroy them. They're getting it going. I like the Falcons minus the points. You said it well. Prime time. Home underdogs. I didn't like the Raiders, but I really like, and I maybe love the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in this spot. Give me the Bucks, Not to win, but give me Jameis Winston and company to cover. I got the Falcons. It's like, this is John Gruden's going to be calling the, calling the game for the team he's going to be coaching next year. Uh, I'll take the Falcons to win handily. They know what is at stake. And that's it for the picks. Let's get to the best bets. Pete, what are your best bets for the week? My best bets for the week are, let me see. I got to get them. Hold on. I got Chargers at oh, Kansas boy. City, the Giants plus the seven and a half, the Browns plus the seven, <laughs> Seahawks minus the points, and the Raiders at home plus the three and a half. And this, yes. three. this game this week either sinks me or I go big. <laughs> That's why I've got the Browns, everyone. All right, Nick. so what, what we're going to have here is separation weekend because me and Pete are going oppo on two games. I kind of want to take the Browns, but I don't think I'm going to here. I, I, do I have to take the Packers for the podcast just for the good no, of the you podcast? do whatever you want. Do it. Look, this is – there is going to be a year's worth of bragging rights attached to the next three weeks. Uh, and the mini contest has started. You could actually win some money again. Um, I would suggest picking the games that you think will win. I don't want to hear any. All right. All right. So, all right. So I'm not, so I'm not making my five best bets now then. I'm going to tweet, I'm going to tweet them out on Friday. No, 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 you have to make them now. Make them now. No, no, no I don't. Yes, yes, you do. You do. Will, That's how many times have you changed picks, Will? Never, I don't. I accidentally sent in the wrong team, but I was he on the race. Accidentally sent in the wrong team. Oh, that's a lie. You changed the pick. Then we're not going to give you the credit for that one. You're one behind Nick. No, I'm not. Just, just make your picks on the podcast like we do every week, like Pick. we have for 14 weeks. If you change one on a Friday for well, an injury or for a necessary well, I, reason, tweet well, the I change. Might, I might have to accidentally change a pick then on Friday. Do whatever you want. I don't care. I, well, I mean, of course you don't care. You cheated once already, so you don't care if someone else cheats too. We're all so far behind in this contest. Just make your picks. So I'm going to take it. I have to go pick up my kid at preschool. Make your picks. You you make your damn best bets, and then I'll make mine. Mine are the Detroit Lions minus five and a half. The Chargers at a pick. The Carolina Panthers minus three. Minnesota Vikings minus ten and a half. San Francisco minus two. All right. I'm going to take the Kansas City Chiefs. Loser. I'm I'm oppo with you guys there. I'm going to take Jimmy Garoppolo and the San Francisco 49ers. You love them. I'm going to take Nick Foles and the Philadelphia Eagles against my New York football giants. Oppo. Why are you guys saying Oppo? What is this Oppo stuff? I mean, I get, I get what it stands for, Pete. Thank you. When you start saying Oppo, it sounds gonna, like an Eisenberg situation. I'm going to, I'm going to hop on the Pete Prisco train and I'm going to take the Cleveland Browns. And I, I don't know who I'm going to take for my fifth and final one. Um, either the Patriots or the Packers. I'm not sure. Okay, okay. Uh, that's fine. You know why I'm saying Oppo? We're just trying to make the podcast longer so your kid's standing there and daddy doesn't pick him up. <laughs> he's, he's not going to be standing there. They're going to be mad at me if I don't get there soon. All right, and then the kiss of death parlay. Uh, we all like San Francisco, Miami, Cleveland, and New England uh, as a group. Those four teams. So, t- so take wow, Tennessee. People are going to get rich before the holidays. Take Tennessee, Buffalo, Baltimore, and Pittsburgh and parlay it. And buy your kids some presents. Thanks for listening to the Pixie Podcast. Podcast, make sure to subscribe at the Costas on Twitter at 
Prisco CBS at Will Brinson for Jason Lockenfora. For the conductor, thanks to Coach Cower for joining us. Tune in to the NFL today at, at noon Eastern on CBS. See you guys on Sunday. And don't forget fantasy football today, 11 a.m. Eastern, CBSSports.com and CBS Sports Radio. 